so Elliot, I'll just start with this. So Craig and I got on a zoom call here about 30 minutes ago and I said, and he's just dragging ass, just dragging <laughs> ass. And I said, what are you hung over? He goes, no, no, I'm not hung over. He goes, I'm hung over. <laughs> uh, oh, Did your betting man. turn in okay or the team you want to win turn in okay? Craig, yes. Or? Well, yeah, no. And yes, kind of. I bet on I bet on the Rams to win. Okay. But they were a four and a half favorite. Or yeah, I had the Bengals. Yeah. I had the Bengals spread. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm happy for you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> this is about me right now, Elliot. Um, so I, I ended up losing that bet. But uh, listen, I mean, halftime's a great thing. You just start throwing bets all over. But the one great bet, I bet that um, Odell Beckham would score the first uh, touchdown. Good job. That's a, that's a good cash. That's a, that's a, you know it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a great, it was a, it was a lot of fun, you know, again, you know, watching this Super Bowl, seeing Burroughs, he, you know, he's such a stud and what a, what a great team. I felt bad, um, but someone's got to win. And uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big uh, Matthew Stafford fan, you know, good for him. So, you know, I was going to say that Craig, I think there were a lot of people to root for in that game last night. Like I love Burroughs too. I think whatever it is, he's got it. I'd love to play on a team or cover a team where that guy was the leader. I think he'd be a guy, a lot of people rally around. And, but I felt the same way about Stafford, like all the stuff about, um, you know, how he played for the lions and what hot garbage they are. And he finally wins. Yeah. And I really love Aaron Donald too. I've always been a big Aaron Donald fan. And he made those two huge defensive plays at the end of the game last night. There were a lot of people to root for in that game. And it's going to be interesting with Donald too, because he had mentioned that if he wins a super bowl, then he, he would contemplate retiring. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the surprising. other quarter, the other quarterback. How's Jared Goff doing? He's just not as good as that guy. I mean, oh my it, god, it he's got to, he's got to be take his ties away from him. Um, what'd you think of the halftime show? I liked it. You know, uh, it was funny. One of my buddies is joking. He says he feels like he's back in university because that's all the acts that were hot when he was in university. It was good. It was, you know, it was creative. It had a lot of energy to it. I don't know if it was the best halftime show ever. I mean, I think sometimes, you know, we look at, oh, this happened yesterday. So it was the best thing that ever happened. You know, it's, it's tough to beat. you know, Michael Jackson, for example, um, you know, like I'm not a huge uh, JLo fan, but I, I thought the one a couple of years ago was was an oh, the strip show. I thought that was an unbelievable show. Yeah, with JLo and Shakira, but it was it was incredible. I, I really enjoyed it. And happy Valentine's Day to uh, two of my favorite podcasters. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank I, you. I forgot it was even Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's when bad. you have no one to love that's and no one great. to love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Uh, the 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 halftime shows that were being uh, spit out yesterday that were you know people were saying were the best. I mean, Prince came up. I don't know if you remember Prince. Prince yeah, Prince 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 was yeah. was excellent. Yeah. He was he's excellent. just captivating. As soon Prince, as he gets out there, Prince. he's captivating. Yeah, yeah. Just, your Prince. eyes will not leave the screen when yeah. when you're when you're watching him. Yeah, my, my biggest phenomenal. thing is like you know you have Eminem come on there and he does like his uh, you know. 
you know, whatever his song was, it, it all, you have to have the popular songs there. I was listening to the first couple, you know, Mary J. Blige. I don't even, I, I've never even heard the song that she sang. I don't know if you guys feel the same, but uh, the first guy, I don't even know who he was, to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't recognize his song either. I want the hits. Dr. Dre. Well, Dr. Dre was oh. like, I mean, he was unreal, but it was okay. It was okay. But I, I liked the, you know, Snoop Dogg, like he is just uh he's he's awesome to watch. He's got I mean Eminem flair. when he's when when that started up, I mean the like we play cards during the Super Bowl, me and my buddies. Um, you know, we have a card game every year. And when the first couple notes of Eminem started up, nobody was looking at the cards. Everybody was and we you know, we were all looking at the screen. That was a that was a powerful moment. Yeah, 100%. You, you know that you aged yourself soon as like all you guys are at the poker table, like singing, <laughs> like everybody there would like, I looked up, um, uh, Dr. Dre is, is, uh, um, 56 years old. Yeah, I know. You know like, you know, Snoop Dogg was 50. Mary J. Blige, I think was 51 or something like that. But I mean, there was very, very, uh, impressive, uh, it's weird seeing those. entertainers entertain when they're old. eh? yeah. Dr. Dre, he looked old. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. and you know what? Like 50 cent, you know, he's <laughs> more like maybe like 250 cent now. Like, you know, yeah. like that was, he's a big man. He's a big man. He, I, someone showed a, there was a picture going around of that video when he was, when he was in his prime and that first song first came out in the early two yeah. thousands, how jacked and chiseled he was. And then, then you see him yesterday and you can kind of understand why he had the, the t-shirt on I Like, you know, I mean, he, he's not quite, you know, cut the way he once again, was. He's, he's 50. <clears throat> he's 50 he, years old. I, no, mean. I, I, I agree. I agree. Someone showed me a video not long ago of Phil Collins and uh, at a concert they were at and he was sitting down the whole time. So, I mean, it's like, it's just weird watching these icons. Uh, age. Know, age. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Last thing I'll say about the Super Bowl, and we'll get into uh, we'll get into some hockey talk here. What was that about the Rock at the start? I didn't understand why the Rock was there doing that before the game. Well, it's L.A., right? And uh, but man, he like I was looking at him. His biceps are thicker than his waist. How massive were his arms? It was like we were looking at that, and we were saying, "Okay, you like I wear a thirty-four jean." Um, like, you know, I'm a 34, his waist is bigger than his arms are bigger than my waist. One of my buddies, you're like a 44, you're close. <laughs> like it was, uh, we, we were having good talks about that. Yeah. Are you really a 34 or are you a 35 or a 36 and you scratch off the second no, number like Seinfeld no, no, no. does? He goes, he scratch, he takes the 31 and makes it a 30. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was a 40 and I'm down to a 34. So oh, good for you. Yeah, that's where I am. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Well, the hair, the hair looked better on the NHL network that I watched this morning, by the way. It's nice. <laughs> <You know, laughs> I like, uh, I, I like, I love, this is a whole thing. People, people now expect it to look crazy. So I just do it throw people off when it actually when you actually do it so let's let's get into some uh some real talk here elliot um mm-hmm. the first thing i want to start with was uh what kind of scotch and cigars did you take to your buddy's house last night uh, i heard that's your responsibility when it comes to the super bowl yeah we you know what we we didn't end up doing cigars last night but we did uh we did uh some scotch and stuff uh, i brought actually some irish whiskey uh last night 
And uh, the, the friend who hosted the party, and he likes to host the party, he's a big Scotch guy. He had some there. So I brought Irish whiskey this time. But yes, there were there were no cigars at this particular event. But generally, that's something that uh, we try and do. Craig, are you going to vomit? Oh, I, just, I literally, the last thing I want to talk about right now with Elliot is Irish whiskey and scotch and bourbon and <laughs> so, cigars. So, so I had all of them last night. <laughs> Do this for us then. We have a lot of Sabres fans that listen to our podcast naturally, and they want to know what the latest is on the outdoor game. I'm sure you're probably sick and tired of answering it, but I know as as politics change up there and rules change with mandates and all that stuff, where where is that game at in terms of being on or maybe on pause? Sorry, which one are you talking about there? The, the Toronto, the Toronto Buffalo outdoor game. Sorry, I, I just had a note. I, I'm under the impression that that game is going to be played perfectly fine. Um, so basically, about an hour and a half ago, before we started this podcast today, the uh, province of Ontario announced. So 50 percent was supposed to be on the 21st. It's now been moved to Thursday. So I'm actually working Pittsburgh at Toronto on Thursday, and now that's going to be 50 percent. A hundred percent was supposed to be March 14th indoors, which is the day after that heritage classic. Now they're saying if the numbers keep, uh, I guess they quoted the positivity rate uh, today has gone from 40% to 13% in Canada. So as long as that continues, we'll have a full capacity indoors on March the 1st instead of March the 14th. So I don't like the league has been telling me for about a month now that they're cautiously optimistic that the game was going to happen. And at All-Star break, they seemed to be very optimistic the game was going to happen. And if there's full 100% capacity indoors on March 1st, it's not even going to be a question. So are you guys going to be there? No, no plans to be there. Why, Why should should we, should we be there? Why not? Is there an alumni game going on, do we know? I, there's no alumni game. But still, like, you can go outside, have, you know, have a good time with, with, your, with your adoring public. We're going to be there. We're broadcasting from the site Saturday and Sunday. Hmm. Well, we are kind of a big deal. I know I feel <laughs> what you're trying to get at, Elliot. It wouldn't be the same without us there. But we'll, uh, we'll have to talk about that. That's a good idea. I'll tell you what, though. I, I, I would – I mean, I don't know about these days with the way the game has changed, but could you imagine this type of game between uh, the late oh. 90s with the Ray and the Domi and the – you know, oh. and the B-Locks of the world. And, oh, my God. The, the fans, the Toronto-Buffalo rivalry it is... It would be brawls in the stands. Oh, it'd be ridiculous. Yes, it would be. Yep. It'd be, it'd be absolutely ridiculous. But the Buffalo-Toronto rivalry, when both teams are good, I don't know if there's a rivalry in the league quite like it, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't... Like, I don't know if I would... Like, like, I think there's some really good rivalries out there. Like, Buffalo-Toronto is a fantastic one. You know, Toronto's got a few. Um, you know, Montreal-Toronto, obviously, is, is a big one. Montreal-Ottawa's uh, become one over the years. Montreal-Boston's always one. Montreal-Boston's fantastic. You know, Buffalo-Boston was a, was a great rivalry. The, the thing is that the Sabres have to get good again, right? Like you need the team to be good for, for that to matter. I mean, I, I remember, you know, D- Detroit, Chicago, Chicago, St. Louis, obviously battle of Alberta w- is a great yeah. rivalry. We just need the Sabres to get back to being what the Sabres can be. And all of this stuff will rejuvenate itself. Yeah. Well, 
they, they're they're actually looking a lot better. I mean, I know better they beat, now. beat Montreal, but uh, even the the game against Columbus, I mean. <clears throat> Hate to pick on goaltending, but if they had if they had a, a goaltender in there that could make a couple key stops, not even key stops, just routine saves, they end up winning that game. Um, where are we on the Jack Eichel return to to play train here? Is it? I, I saw you said it could be. Is it this Wednesday against Colorado or next Wednesday? Well, no, this Vegas. Uh, they played last Wednesday in Calgary. They got wiped out. They played back to back. They won in Edmonton. They lost in Calgary, and then they had a week off. And their next game is Wednesday night against Colorado. And I think we're all wondering if there's any chance that Eichel shows up for that game. I, I, and I think it's, I think it's possible he plays this week. And, you know, one of the things that we've all been wondering is how Vegas is going to get around their cap. And Mark Stone has a back injury. So I, I think that could end up being how convenient. Well, he, he is legitimately hurt. Like I, I don't like that's not the issue. The issue will be how long he's going to be out for. Probably just after the trade deadline, Elliot. No, you know what? Like, I'll tell you this. It's, I think people are wondering if it's going to be all the playoffs. Are, are, are people going to start? And by people, I mean like other general managers, other executives around the league start to maybe, um, bring a little light to these scenarios, you know, oh, yeah. like it's, wh- it's a, it's an issue. Like, don't, don't kid yourself. Now, personally, you know, Andrew, my opinion is they let this happen. They let this happen with Patrick Kane in, in 2015. Uh, they let this happen with Nikita Kucherov last year. You know, what are you going to do? All of a sudden say no. You know, you've got to, you, you've created the precedent that this could happen. And to be honest, I, I think, yeah, some teams hate it. There's, there's no question about it. But, you know, in terms of pure entertainment for the game, it's probably better. You know, I never on probably. I think it's definitely better. I know some teams don't like to hear that, but it's definitely better. It's more entertaining. The one thing I do think the NHL has come down harder on is we're not just taking your word for it. Like it used to be, if you were on LTIR the whole year, like Chris Pronger, remember at the end of his career? Yeah. He so he was traded to Arizona. He had to go to Arizona at the beginning of every training camp and take a physical. And you know, he'd fail the physical and then we'd never see him again. Now they're they're doing a lot more about okay, we have to see a doctor more often. Like Shea Weber, for example, they don't they aren't happy with um with, with what Shea Weber pronounced, even though I think it's perfectly legitimate. So they've made him see the doctor already a couple of times this year. Like I, I do think that's that's what they're gonna be doing a lot more often is you have to see the doctor more. You have to you have to do, you have to go through medical hoops a bit more. And I think the insurance companies, because they have to pick up a lot of these salaries. I think they're a big part of that. Well, when you say more entertaining, do you mean entertaining on the ice or entertaining for conversations like this? You know, I I think it's more entertaining for conversations like this. It allows for more movement. Um, You know, let's just say for argument's sake that, People thought that Tampa, Chicago was a villain in 2015 or Tampa was a villain last year, or maybe Vegas will be one this year. Villains sell guys. You need villains in the NHL. I think, what, I think what do you, people what, like this it, stuff. When you're looking at the Kucherov situation, wh- why do people think that that was something wrong? Like he, he went and did his rehabilitation 
And they got to a point where he just could not play. So they had the surgery in what December, I think it was. And then did they just hold him out too long? Could he that's the issue? Could he could he have played sooner? Okay. All right. You know, he shows up for game one of the playoffs, right? I need a timeout for a second here, guys. Yeah. All right, so we were just uh, – now, I'm not even going to say interrupted. Elliot had to take a call, and yeah. Riv and I were just raving about how we got to watch you in action the whole time on on our Zoom chat while you were uh, breaking stories. I'm not well, going to lie. We were, we were talking about reading your lips. And he, <laughs> I should have turned off the camera. Oh, we understand your whole conversation, but we're not going to out you, Elliot. Well, I, I am because I thought I saw your mouth say – so McDavid's not happy in Edmonton. <laughs> I think what I actually said is, so McDavid wants to be traded tomorrow. Is that the right quote? Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and we'll end it right there. Um, no, we were just talking about Kucherov before you before you uh, had to jump off, and it, you know, yeah. we were you know basically just you know talking about how is it entertaining and stuff. And Craig actually, you know, I asked him. I said, you don't you don't really see no issue with the with the Kucherov ordeal. And I don't know, Riv, if you care to elaborate on on that. No, you don't. You want to keep that your... was literally ten minutes ago and I forgot already what I said. So why don't you uh, Well it, it's true because those who those I mean, you know, Craig was just saying to Elliot during that pause how he was getting the spins in the shower today. So that's kind of what I'm dealing with here and that's what we're working with. We're working with someone who's one foot in, one foot out, and already on his way back to bed. Um, trade deadline. Are we expecting to see any uh, any moves before the deadline? Are things going to heat up earlier this year than, uh, what is it, March 21st? Well, it is, but I think the issues are, Andrew, is that, number one, there's, there's probably more buy, uh, sellers right now than there are buyers, particularly in the East. So that's it's it's more of a buyer's market, I think, right now than a seller's market. And number two, there's not a lot of cap room. And, you know, that's that's a problem right now. Also, like, you know, for example, one of the guys we're all following is is Claude Giroux. Right. It's an eight point two five cap hit. Even if it's, say, Colorado, it's a lot easier for them to do it closer to the deadline than it is now. So I I think those are going to be some of the issues. But um you know, the, the tough thing right now, as I said, is that there's probably not as many teams buying as you would normally hope, particularly because of the way the Eastern Conference is. And I think that's going to make it a bigger challenge. Uh, Buffalo moves do you think that the Sabres are going to make? Do you, do you think the Sabres are, are in this situation going into this year that they could be a, a buyer in a sense? Like they, they have lots of cap space. Yeah. Most in the national hockey league. Yeah. Um, They are going to be moving out some players. There's no question about it, but are they looking to add pieces, important pieces to what they have right now? Well, the first thing when I think about the Sabres, about their cap is like, they can, they can be a facilitator. Like I, I do think there are going to be need to be potentially some three-way trades and the Sabres might be able to get an extra draft pick or something like that by participating in that, you know, are they going to add? I think they're only going to add Craig if it's something that really makes sense. Like obviously they're not going to do rentals unless it's someone they think they're signing long-term. Like I think you're always looking at, at things like that, but what kind of long-term player 
makes sense for Buffalo right now. Jacob is it the Chikrin. kind of long, long Jacob Chikrin to me makes sense for them. If he wants to Absolutely. go there, if he wants to go there, like the, the problem is though, is that if he makes $4.6 million, which I think is kind of a steal for what he does in this league. He's 23 years old. He's 23 years old. He's at, a, but does a, it a, make a, sense for Buffalo though? Like I'm talking about not, no, hold on. I'm, the player makes sense for Buffalo, but Craig, the stuff that you're going to have to give up for him, does that make sense for Buffalo? What are they looking well, for? Do you know? Do you have acquired, yeah, they're looking for high draft picks and really good prospects. We have both. Yeah, but but there's a point in time where I think that you know when you have a a deal, uh, you know an Owen Power next year coming in, you have Rasmus Dahlin who's fantastic, and and a Matthias Samuelson who has been fantastic. You're you're rounding out your decor. They're they're young, but they're they're the upside on all of those guys are fantastic. I just think you know you need a a, a you know a, a defenseman that can round out a very strong unit already. His cap is $4.6 million. It's, it's a very, very good cap hit. He's 23 years old. He's got great size. Um, Elliot, you seem, you seem to disagree with Craig a little bit on this. It's not like, I don't think Craig is wrong. Like I've heard Craig be much more wrong about other things than this one, but you know, that's no fun. Well, I, what I would say though, is that let's just say for argument's sake, that it costs you a first round draft pick a prospect and another player. Let's just say for argument's sake, if that's what it is. Do you think the Buffalo Sabres should be trading first round draft pick and good prospects right now? Well, we have three of them. Yeah, yeah but- I, I understand that, but Arizona's going to want, they're not going to want the worst one. Yeah. They're not going to want Florida and Vegas because those ones are, those could be, that could be a final. So you could be looking at 31 and 32 pick overall, or you, you know, I mean, they're going to want the Sabres pick, which could be, what? Right? Like, could be number one. It's, it's going like, to be top, like, top five. Yeah. Like, like, that's the thing, Craig, is that, you know, again, like from a pure <clears> hockey <throat> point of view, your decision, your, your, your thinking is, is not wrong. What, the way I look at it, though, is that when you look at the assets that they're going to ask for, I think you can make a real argument for Buffalo that it's a really lateral move. Like, you know, how, how, how long until the Sabres are a, a good team? Four years. No, not at all. I, I, I don't think that that's the case. I think that the Sabres right now are on the verge. They have like Tage Thompson's not a kid anymore. He's playing mm-hmm. a fantastic uh, brand of hockey right now. No, no, no. Um, I, Jess, I, I'm not arguing. Jeff Skinner, how long until you know, you Alex Tuck. Like there's a lot of guys until they're a contender. For God's sake, just give me I, the damn number. Like, <laughs> well, what are, you, what are you asking? Like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean what's he asking? No, because that that's a loaded question. Like, are when are they when are they going to be a contender? What's a contender? Our playoffs. Penguins? When are they going to be in the playoffs? When, when are they going to be okay? How about this? When do you think they're a consistent? Because I think now it's been proven. If you can get into the playoffs, you can do damage, right? Yes. When do you think they're? How far away do you think they are from being a consistent playoff team? Like Tampa. Like look at their division. Tampa's going to be good for years. Right. Florida, I think, is going to be good for a long time. Toronto is going to have some interesting decisions coming up. But and they even though they haven't won in the playoffs yet, 
like they're going to be a tough team to beat out to get to the playoffs. Okay. Boston's going to be the interesting one over the next few years. Like where are they going to go? But I think so they're going they, down and, and okay, fair. And Detroit's on the way up, right? Like they look no, no, like we're for me in Buffalo here with what we have moving forward and what we have coming in, you know, Jack Quinn, our eighth overall pick was leading the American hockey league in, in goals and points. Okay. He, so he's played exceptionally well. JJ so was right up Would there. Would you trade your first, your best first round pick this year for Jacob Chikrin? Yes. Yeah, that's where we disagree. I, I wouldn't do that this year. I don't think that makes sense this year. Like, what if that pick turns out to be Shane Wright or one of the other top kids? I would have. So I would make I, I would want to protect make, it. I would I would want to protect it to the point of like if it was a top five pick. What if Arizona says no? And that's fine. I mean, you know, we, these are all negotiations. Like Jacob Chicken is a very good defenseman. Um, Is he worthy of a, let's say a fifth overall pick in the national hockey league this year at his, at his point in time, you're going to get 10 years of excellent play out of Jacob Chicken. Are we though? He's been hurt a lot. No, he hasn't. Yeah, he's he has. Hurt. He's battled. He's battled a lot of. He's it. been hurt. He's been hurt from the day even before the draft. It's one of the reasons why he slid was because he had that major shoulder issue in junior. Maybe okay. that shoulder issues again. I think he has a knee issue. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't quote me on that, but I feel like he's been banged up a few times in the last few years. So I just, I'm, I, I think that he is a piece that can, the and and the style in which he plays and the cap hit that he has and, and the age of, of where he's at would be a perfect fit to grow not only next year, but for, for many years after with the elite. And I say elite because Rasmus Dahlin, Owen power, these are elite going to be elite defensemen in the national hockey league. There's no question about it. Matias Samuelson, six, five, 230 pounds. He's 21 years old right now, turning 22 he is going to be a very solid defender. I like what the Sabres have, but they need certain pieces that can, that can go with that group of, of top end defense core. Like, I mean, you look at the Tampa Bay lightning. Yes, they had Victor Hedman, but they went out and they, they got Sergachev. Okay. They made a great deal for Sergachev. Yep. You know, uh, Jonathan drew at the time, was a number three overall pick in the National Hockey League and had the opportunity to be a superstar in the league. So Tampa Bay made that trade. At the time where he was drafted, you didn't know what he was going to be all about. They made the trade. I don't know if I'm buying. I don't know if I'm buying what you're selling me on that one. I think what it comes down to, Craig, is this: if you if if you want to do this, you're 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 risking giving up a very high draft pick. Either let's just say for arguments, okay. Let, let, let's 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 do it. Let let's say to me, okay, Craig. Let's just say I'm Arizona, because I think people like this thing. I, I I'll trade you Chikrin, but I don't like your idea of top five protection this year. I, I don't I don't want to do that, but. 
me, you, if you, if you don't give me this year's first round pick, you have to give me next year's first round pick unprotected. And that's 100%. the con, the Connor Bedard draft. hundred percent. I wouldn't do that either. I wouldn't. I, think, I wouldn't. I think he's still got scotch swishing around. In his you know, the funny mind. thing is everybody over here in North America is just salivating over Connor Bedard. And I know he's excellent. I know he is, but I'm going to tell you right now, the, Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I'm in a car about to crash. and I'm like, My hand's going out to my face. <laughs> the Russian forward is an absolute. Okay. Okay. Dud. Okay. So that's fine. Like, I, I don't. So are you willing to trade that player for, for Chikrin? But I, the way I look at it is. You know, a, a top five pick, let's just say that this year we have a deal with Arizona and we protect that top five pick. We land in the top five so that the pick automatically goes to next year. I don't think that the Buffalo Sabres are going to be near the bottom of the league next year. But the thing is, here, here's, my, here's my answer to that. And this is what I would think if I was in the Sabres chair, okay? I, they may not be in the bottom of the league next year, but are they a lottery team next year? Maybe not. I don't know if I'm betting that yet. With with look again, look at look at your division. Look at your division: Tampa, Florida, Toronto, Boston. Uh, Look at how much better Detroit's gotten. At some point in time, you got to think Ottawa's going to get better. I'm with you with that. I think Buffalo's going to get better, but I think you're. Look, who knows what can happen between now and then? You keep going over the top. You say Ottawa, Elliot. I did, yeah. Yeah, okay. I did. Like, I know we could all be hit by buses between now and then. God only knows what's going to happen. But I'm not betting that unprotected first-round pick. I, I just don't think that that deal at this time makes sense for the Buffalo Sabres. Let me ask you something, Elliot. Um, just a couple more questions, and we'll let you go. And, and this one just kind of popped into my head, talking about draft prospects and lottery picks. Have you talked to any scouts or GMs that are – you know, I, I don't even really know how to formulate this question because I, I, it just popped in my head, but that are that where they sit and they say, who the hell knows what you're going to get in these prospects after the last couple of years of development. I mean, it like, it's been so screwy, the OHL college, everyone, like I had a kid that lived with me a few years ago, went to BU last year. He's only played like 25 games in two years. You know, I, I think that's a great question, Andrew. And I think that's really affected Shane Wright. I, I think hundred percent. That, that's, that's one of the that, reasons I'm asking it. Yeah. You know, Shane Wright. Like I remember with Jason Spezza played, I think four years of junior and, and people were picking apart his game at the end. Same thing happened to John Tavares. People were picking apart his game. Like Shane Wright's played two years, but he hasn't played very many games and people are picking apart his game. I, I think it's a great, great question and a great point. So, I mean, yeah. I like hearing that. I don't hear that very often, but I like that. I think that's a better point than Craig is making. 100%. I was trying to save it. I I think Craig had a more fun night than you did last night. (laughs) Well, I'm almost 10 years sober, so I hope he did. You know what, Elliot? (laughs) I'm going to tell you this. I don't even remember our conversation that we had five minutes ago. (laughs) I don't even know what I said. Well, that's good because you should go back and listen to how stupid you can sound at times. <laughs> you know, um, but you know, the thing is like, and this is the thing that I, I think is important about what Craig is saying is that, you know, that's the way players think. 
And it's important, I think, for like, like there's something going on in Chicago right now. Like Patrick Kane is starting to send smoke signals, right? Like I want to, I want to hear what the next GM, I want to have some input on, you know, the way that. Where they're going. Where where we're going. And, you know, it's always a dangerous thing, like letting a player have say over where a team is going. But I don't ever think it's a bad idea to go to your best players and say, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And like in San Jose, or sorry, San Jose, Anaheim, you know, like look who was on the committee, Paul Correa and Scott Niedermeyer, right? And one of the reasons I think they went with Pat Verbeek is, first of all, I think Verbeek is a really is ready to be a manager in this league. I think he's he's put in the work. But the other thing I think that has happened here is that, you know, like Korea Niedermeyer said, like uh, they, they really valued the fact that Verbeek was a former player and they felt that I, they felt that they felt very strongly that a former player's experience, especially with the amount of work that Verbeek has put in, that's very powerful. You have to understand the way players think. And, and what I see going on in Chicago right now is Patrick Kane is saying, like, I feel, I don't feel listened to, or like, I, I don't feel that, um, like, I want at least my opinion to be heard. And if he feels no, like he's got another year before his contract is up and he's still a hell of a player. You know, like, like and, and, so, when I, so when Riv says what he says, you're thinking like a player who wants to win. And I get that. I do get that. At Kane's age, does he have the, I, I don't want I mean, yes, of course, with what he's done for that franchise, but does he have the right at his age and his contractual status to, to kind of put forth those demands? Oh man, you're blowing up over there today. No, no, that one's okay. 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 Uh, he, has 40, he, he has 44 points in 44 games. Yeah, I know. I know. I just, I don't know. Does, does, and, the, does the owner's comments, you know, affect any of the players' thoughts about Chicago these days? I just think that whole organization, like it's, it's just everything right now out of there is like a stink bomb, right? So you, you kind of have to just, what you have to do is just be as quiet as possible and start doing the right things. Last question. Oh, go ahead, Craig. You I was like just going to say, you know, you know how Patrick Kane would become the biggest legend ever by coming back to Buffalo. Oh, people in this city love Patrick Kane. Yeah. Love Patrick Kane. I mean, in this, this team up and coming with what we, what we have, I mean, he, I mean, that would be something special to, to, to bring in a, a player like him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, how, like, look, like, you guys right now are your tent, your gate receipts are down like 50%. What would solve it? I mean, if he wanted to play there, we'd pack this yeah, building. It would absolutely for sure. It would. What's going to, what's it going to take to pack uh, a, a much bigger Arizona building moving? We'll see what happens with that. Um, I'm very curious to see what the average ticket price is going to be there. I just wonder, I mean, this, uh, when do they, when do they pull the plug on this, on this? Uh... The one thing I'll say is that, you know, Batman has proven that he is committed to that market to the end of time. No Why question. He, he Why didn't move that? until he didn't move Atlanta until the absolute end of the line. They had no more owner. And, you know, like the thing is, is that we all do forget about Arizona is that there was a gambling 
um, change there. And to have a gambling license in Arizona, you have to own a sports franchise, right? So, you know, that owner Morello, he has a, he has a team so he can have a gambling license. That's, that's a big part in all of this. So the $50 million that he's losing a year with the Arizona team, he's making it up tenfold with the gambling license. Not yet. Not yet. But that's obviously the hope. Was it a gamble to hire Marty St. Louis in Montreal or, or going to be interesting. Like they really like, like I have to tell you that they really believe in this. They really do believe in this. Um, Believe in what? uh, Hiring hiring a coach that's never coached a pro or even a junior game for that matter. No. Well, you know, like, here's the thing. Like, actually, Craig, this is a good question for you two guys. Do you believe a smart guy like Marty San Luis can make it work as long as he has a good staff? If he had a good staff, he's also got two assistant uh, coaches. Uh, Alex Burroughs only coached two no, a no, year no. and a half I, in the I, National Hockey League, and Trevor Litowski yeah. has coached yeah. half a year. Yeah, he's got Luke Richardson there, who's okay. a really sharp guy. But, uh, like, here's my question to you. Like, that's the thing. Like, do you think he – like, I think Marty San Luis is a really smart guy. Do you think he can make it work if he has strong people around him? I would – me, I would go through a wall for Marty San Louis. I've never met him. So, I mean, I don't know if that means anything. So, I mean, that – Good sign. Right? I mean, how do you not respect this guy? How do you not respect everything about him? Like, I mean – how, how do you not think he's going to know X's and O's? And I mean, how do you not think he's going to be able to motivate his players? He is an inspiration himself. What his whole career is, is inspiring. So for me, I look at that and I think, yeah, with a couple, with a supporting cast for the ages, I think, I think he could do great things there. I personally, it hasn't started off well. Yeah, but, but that's because the team's in the middle of a hundred percent. Right. That's a bigger thing. Than what are they in the middle of? They're playing terribly, and you can see that you know the you can see that team is is downtrodden. Like Craig, imagine your worst situation that you played in the NHL. That's what they're going through right now. There's no fans at games. They're they're terrible. They're losing. Players are unhappy. Some of them want to be traded. Some of them think they're going to be traded. It's it's miserable. Like yeah, that's I, I a think tough it's situation. A, at the very least, I think what San Luis is trying to do is is make them <clears throat> smile a little bit. But it's you know, you guys know losing sucks. It's, it's, yeah, it's I was, tough to do that. Are you a little bit, are you a little bit surprised? Like I, you know, when you talk about Marty St. Louis never coached a day in his life. Um, I still believe that he can do it. If he's yeah, surrounded yeah. with other good coaches and they're, mm-hmm. you know, running practices and kind of getting the, the train of thought through the team, like Marty is going to be the inspiration. He's going to be the people that person that talks to the media, um, discusses with players, starts to build something behind closed doors that people can't see, I think is very important. Um, but it, I'm just surprised that they hired him now. Like, why wouldn't you, they, you know what, you know why, why wouldn't they, they just lose for no, a couple you know, of years? You know what, Craig, like for one thing, I got to get going, but I think they hired him now because they wanted to see if he can do it. And I think he wanted to see if he can do it. Now he can finish the rest of the season under no pressure they, they see how they feel and they go and they talk about this in the summer and they see what they need. We I think it's actually a, a really, and the way they were playing guys, they, they had to do it. Like you, you can't let Caden Primo get bombed like that every night. You can't let your young players ever think the way that they're playing is acceptable. They had no, they have to, they had to do something. 
We had a finally had, we finally had a moment of clarity from Craig right in time for Elliot to leave. Thanks no, for your no. time today. This is a good this is a good one. I, you know, Craig, I love the debates. I love the debates. You think about it like a player. I think about it like a dumb media guy. I, I love the debates, man. Awesome. We love you, Elliot. Thanks yeah, for the time, too, man. Guys. Have See a great day. All right. Great stuff with uh, Elliot Friedman today. So for our Sabre following, we know that uh, we have a big Sabre following. So we got we to get in on the conversation from yesterday. Four goals out of Jeff Skinner, three assists from Alex Tuck. You watched the entire game. You were tweeting during the entire game. You were also commenting on uh, Darlene's poise with the puck. So what'd you see? I see what everybody else is seeing. And it starts with uh, Tage Thompson's line with Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck is the first time in a very long time that you've seen a line with extreme chemistry. Um, you know, Alex Tuck, it's, it's incredible what he has done to this team. 17 points in 15 games currently right now with a start with the Sabres. With size, the speed, the skill, the attitude has been infectious with you know, Tage Thompson, who's playing exceptionally well. And Jeff Skinner does not look anything like the player that we've watched the last two years. Number one, he's having fun. He's smiling. And I'm okay with that when things are going well. But I'm going to tell you, he is working his butt off. Jeff Skinner is working his butt off. It, it's, it's been very... Very impressive. Um, and, and now my thought throughout the game, and I'm not sure if I text you this, but man, what would this team be if we had two lines that produced like the Thompson line? I mean, we, we would be a different team, completely different team. And that's what, you know, every top team in the league, you know, whether it's, you know, Tampa Bay has the, the, the one, two punch of, of those two top lines there. They, you know, Pittsburgh Penguins have had Evgeny Malkin and Crosby specials for, for years. It just goes on and on. I mean, in, in Chicago, it was, you know, Patrick Kane was on one line and, and Jonathan Taves was on another. And I look at, I look at Buffalo and, and I see great, things moving forward you know we have a lot of talent like i'm very impressed with this young krebs i think he is i think he is a world-class talent and it's i been think fun he, to watch him man his yeah. passing ability his vision yep. you know even you know even before the puck gets to his stick and then he makes a, a quick decision like he's just the way he thinks and his it, just his ability his abilities allow him to execute that creativity that he has going on in his head. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's been, it's, it's looked good, man. It's looked good the last little while. I'll definitely say that. I'll definitely say that, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, we talk, we I don't want to, I don't want to beat the Alex Tuck drum to death, but I mean, you have to the guy's been unreal. And number one, he's definitely your future captain. Number two, he just plays the game so much differently than any player we've had here in the last few years. 
I mean, I knew he was skilled, but I don't think we knew he was this skilled. Like the plays that he makes in tight, like he can make plays like the goal he scored against Columbus. He's got 17 points. He, he, I'm not kidding you. He, he could have 25 points. He had a breakaway that he split the, the 2D in Montreal. They look like they were standing still. This guy is, is six foot four and his stride and the smoothness of his skating is incredible, but he also reads the play exceptionally well. He seems to have some great chemistry going on with Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner. It's a really, really strong, impressive line. And now you just continue to build past that. You know, the Casey Middlestat, hopefully when he comes back, He's in and he's the right proper, there. He's close to coming back. Well, he needs to get in the proper shape this time because last time he looked like he was skating with a piano on his back. It was <laughs> it was unbelievable. But that's that's not on Casey. That's on the the medical staff and the guys that are are getting him into shape. They need to make sure that he's at tip top shape when he comes back. And I think that's very important. And I think this time, hopefully, they they make sure that when he comes back, he's. He's ready to go. He's his energy and his skating and everything else is not labored. And Dolly is going to be a huge, huge addition to come back. I mean, Casey Middlestat is, is at that ripe age. I think he's what? 23, 24. He is at the age to explode and he's got world-class skills, just like Peyton Krebs, who's uh, you know, a few years younger, but I mean, the talent level of the players that are coming into this team right now is really impressive. You know, um, going back to, I, I, I mentioned this, I, I sent you a text uh, watching the game. It's mind boggling to me watching Darlene have the puck on his stick under pressure, under duress and the plays that he makes are so easy. And here's the problem with this. As a former, as a former uh, player, I just watched Darlene. I, I, I can't believe how easy it, he makes it look because it is not easy. The moves that he makes and the small little plays that he makes are not easy. They're actually extremely difficult. The vision and the poise that you need to have with the puck is, I mean, he's elite. Now, are there other areas of his game that he just needs to continue to grow with? And I think he's, I think he's come a long way. Like I've, I was not happy with his game at the start of the year. Not at all. I'd be the first one to say it to him, but I'm going to tell you, he has really impressed me the last uh, uh, number of months. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about what we're going to see from him moving forward. Well, we'll be able to see them again in action uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday, February 15th, because uh, the Islanders are in town. And if the Islanders, and that's a test because the Islanders are a better team than what they're showing in the standings right now. And if they have any desire or hopes of making the playoffs, it's going to, well, I mean, they're, yeah, they're not making points. The they're not making the playoffs, but if they, if you know, they could go on quite a run and it would, it would have to be a start against Buffalo. So Sabres, you know, have their hands full in a team like the Islanders. And it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that. You know what I mean? I didn't play yeah. against because it was Montreal. I'm not taking anything away from the, from the, the players, but it was Montreal 
And I'd like to see these kinds of results. I mean, I'm not Skinner scoring four goals every game, but just the way they're playing against some of the better teams in the league. Right. So you got to start somewhere and it was a nice win uh, against Montreal, a depleted Montreal lineup. I mean, they've had, they have tons of injuries there. So they're playing against guys that uh, are very young, very immature. And uh, the way I look at it is I don't care. They, 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 they did a lot of really good things. Buffalo needs to work on, on, on many areas of the game, but they're working on them. They're getting better. You can see the difference that's happening right now in the growth of some of their players. And it's now it's to continue to build onto those guys. Yeah. They just, uh, they just need to separate themselves from the teams that are underneath them. And that's, that's what they did. You know, they separated themselves from Montreal and, you know, they need to continue to do that against the other teams. If they're going to climb up the rankings over the next couple of years, great stuff today. Great stuff today. Go enjoy your nap. Very well-deserved. 100%. How much did you put down on that bet for uh, what's-his-name to score the first touchdown, can I ask? Uh, No. No, he can't. (laughs) What was the payout? Was it like two and a half to one or something? Oh, was it more? No, 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 no. It was like, um, it was like a nine to, it was like a nine to one payout. Oh, really? Yeah. You won $9,000 on that one? I didn't tell you what I put down on. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.